Welcome to Whores Talk Whore. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay. Hello and welcome to Whores Talk Horror. I'm Sharon. And I'm Melinda. I have to thank actress Carrie Weeder for this episode idea. Carrie is, of course, the creator of our Tidbits of Terror jingle and one of the stars of the new podcast, The Gloom, which you should all check out. We were emailing back and forth, and I honestly don't remember how this subject came up, but she wrote to me about how when she was in high school, a fugitive enrolled in her school as a student to hide out, which... <laughs> Sounds like the plot from a movie, which uh, I think is actually a movie. A Hiding Out with John Cryer had a similar plot. I think there's a few movies. <laughs> right? <laughs> and at um, least that one episode of 30 Rock where Steve Buscemi pretends to be a high schooler. <laughs> but that's just a that's just a cutaway. That's not a whole scene. <laughs> that scene's great. He even went so far as to join the football team, the school paper, and he dated a girl from Carrie's high school. Gross. But Carrie said that she remembered seeing him at a, like a pep rally or something and thinking, there's no way that guy is our age. (laughs) He's a man, which I can totally like picture her saying, sure enough. He was arrested soon after, and the story was even in the National Enquirer. So I tried to Google the story to read about it and see, like, what actually happened and what he was a fugitive from. Um, Couldn't find that story, but I did end up finding a lot of similar stories and thought, huh, this would probably make a good episode. Just different stories about grown-ass men and women pretending to be high school students for a variety of reasons. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So let's start with the first story. So this first story comes mostly from expressdigest.com, and we will include the links to all of our stories in the episode notes. Artur Samarin was a 19-year-old sophomore at his local university in Ukraine when he flew to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in 2012 as part of his school's three-month exchange program. The teen quickly became enamored with the U.S. and dreamed of studying at an American university and graduate school with the ambition of one day joining NASA. But he was shocked at the cost, as most U.S. colleges cost 10 or 20 times that of those in his native Ukraine. Uh, Americans are also shocked at the cost of how much we have to pay to go to college. That's (laughs) another episode. Um, But even with his job working the Friars at Red Robin in Pennsylvania, it would make little difference to the cost of being able to afford to go to college in the U.S. on his own. As a foreign national, he wasn't entitled to scholarships to the schools despite his academic achievements. Frustrated and with the clock ticking down to when his visa would expire, it was around this time that he met Stephanie McClure Potts and Michael Potts a childless couple who he had developed a friendship with. Samarin said he had gone to dinner at their house in the summer of 2012, and this is when the three of them hatched their plan. The Potts would adopt Arthur on the condition that he changed his age from 19 to 14, which would allow both himself to be adopted, as he would have been too old, to be adopted at age 19, but also his new parents would get the uh, benefit of a payout from the Social Security Administration and attendant tax benefits. The Potts also asked him to pay them 
$2,000 that he had saved up over the summer working at Red Robin to help cover the adoption costs. Desperate to stay in the U.S., Samarin agreed and he became Asher Potts. I already have questions, but I'll wait, I guess. <laughs> Hold all questions to the end, please. <laughs> Incredibly, when he walked through the halls of Harrisburg High in September of that same year, no one batted an eyelid at the 19-year-old man with a thick Ukrainian accent. School staff and students alike accepted his claims that he had been homeschooled until that point and grew up in the Russian Jewish neighborhood down by the river. Asher proved to be a talented student, partly because he already had a five-year head start. <laughs> Over the rest of his classmates. Um, yeah, not fair. He's 19, uh, posing as a 14-year-old. I could see how that would help. <laughs> Absolutely. So he ended up getting straight A's. He won numerous accolades. He was a color guard commander in the Navy JROTC and spent his summers in the Upward Bound Science and Math program at Penn State. In the fall of his sophomore year, the mayor of Harrisburg even declared an October Sunday Asher Potts Day. He sounds like the Ferris Bueller of foreign exchange students. Seriously. Asher was also getting numerous acceptance letters from universities across America. So what could go wrong? Well, there was one thing. His home life was far from the American dream. Asher claims he was forced to sleep on a couch in a walk-in closet, probably a little smaller than Harry Potter's, and that his delicate immigration status was something that Stephanie and Michael would often hold over his head. He says if he failed to do their laundry, wash their dishes, or cook their meals, they would taunt him asking, well, how about we call immigration? He also claims they used to hit him and that the Potts had seized all of his documentation and his passport during the adoption process. Feeling trapped, Asher ran away on numerous occasions, but the Potts would always track him down and threaten to go to the police. Finally, in the winter of his senior year, 2016, the situation became too much and Asher left for real, moving in with a family's friend, and this prompted the Potts to call the police and tell them that their adopted son had lied about his age and was threatening to shoot up his high school. According to Stephanie Potts, she said, quote, He said his name would be the biggest in the world. He started talking about certain kids in his school he wanted to hurt. He started talking about blowing up the school, end quote. Asher's attorney, Adam Klein, responded that these claims were full of lies and that there was no indication that Asher had a violent past. Asher, or Artur, was eventually arrested in class the day after the call was made. Authorities never found any evidence that he had been planning to attack his school. However, they did discover that the high school student who by this point was 22 years old had been dating a 15 year old girl gross subsequently he was arrested for having sex with a minor and for passport and social security fraud Artur stayed in prison through the summer of 2016 and into the fall the tuesday before thanksgiving he appeared before a judge and received his final sentencing Artur said quote I made a huge mistake to pursue my American dream, end quote. 
He received 11 and a half to 23 months in Dauphine. We'll go with that. Mm-hmm. County prison for the sex charges lowered during the proceedings to statutory sexual assault plus an additional two months in federal prison for the passport and social security fraud charge. After 14 months in prison, he flew from JFK to Kiev where he found his mother waiting for him. After five long years, Artur Samarin was home. Meanwhile, the Potts were also sentenced for their part in the scheme, despite their claims that they had always believed that Artur or Asher was only 14 years old. Michael received two years of probation, and Stephanie, who had previous convictions for fraud, received five months in federal prison and two years of probation for Social Security fraud and harboring an illegal alien. They have denied any allegations of abuse, saying that, quote, all we wanted was a child. Bullshit. That's bullshit. All they wanted was the cash money. Exactly. (laughs) I mean... If, if all they wanted was a child, they would have done all they could to protect their child. He would not have been running away from home. I mean, I'm not saying I condone any of the, like, a fraud that they uh, tried to pull off, you know, posing as a student and, um, you know, all of that. Like, obviously, that was wrong. But I do not think <laughs> they are the innocent people that they claim to be um, as far as the allegations of child abuse. I mean, I think all they wanted was to have like a living servant or, you know, a maid that they didn't have to pay. Yes. That's a line from something. Oh, that's what Shelly says about Leo in Twin Peaks. (laughs) It all comes back to Twin Peaks. It does always. It turns out he just wanted a maid he didn't have to pay. Anyway, (laughs) poor, poor Arthur. I feel bad for him the most, actually. He just wanted to do good. I feel bad for him to a point, but you know, the, uh, sex with a 15 year old, I think he, uh, he started, um, getting a little too deep into his role as playing a, uh, a teenager. Oh, pun intended. No, no, <laughs> I did not mean it that way at all. I know no. it, we're not making fun of, of statutory rape or anything like that, but I just couldn't help it. Sorry. No, but legit, like, I think he just got way too carried away. And oh, maybe sure. even forgot that he was an adult, if that's possible. Or I don't right. know, maybe he's just, like, a creepy pedophile or I don't know. But, yeah, 15, way too young for a 22-year-old. And American schools are different than, you know, the kind of schooling he might have gotten back home. So, yeah, I could totally see that happening, that he would he would kind of get lost in this fantasy world. But sad story. Very strange. I still feel like I would have been like, that 14-year-old freshman clearly looks like he's going to be 20 in like a month. Like, what's the deal with that? He but. actually looked pretty young. I mean, we'll post okay. photos of um, all these people from these stories. But he, in his defense, he um, looked very, very young, face full of acne. I mean, he, he fit the role. Okay. Okay. Okay, well, this next story comes from a Newsweek article. Um, This story took place all the way back in 1998, which still doesn't seem that long ago, but it actually is. (laughs) Oh, we're old. (laughs) According to his friends, DeAndre D'Angelo was one of the coolest kids in their class. 
the 17-year-old basketball star and honor student who was originally from Beverly Hills, California, transferred to Grant High School in Portland, Oregon his senior year. He drove a snappy red Chevy Camaro. I have kind of always wanted one of those, I'm not going to lie. Uh, he sang solos in the school choir. He was outspoken and articulate about serious subjects, and his classmates even elected him to their student government. Oh, he was also a 31-year-old convicted felon and talented con artist whose real name was Michael Backman. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, I knew there was going to be something weird coming, but not that. <laughs> uh, um, Michael was able to pose as a high school senior for more than three months three months until someone tipped off the police. <laughs> In some ways, Backman's story is a timeless one. The clever grifter chasing the American dream of renewal and reinvention, weary of life as a practiced check forger and car thief, Backman says he went back to high school, the same high school that he actually graduated from in 1986, by the way, because it was the one place where he felt... He a measure of happiness and success. Quote, I like the feeling of doing that work and getting that grade. All I have to do is do it again. Unquote. Michael said from jail back in 1999, you know, we all wish we could go back to our youthful days, but we haven't mastered time travel yet, Michael. Sorry. Backman has always been unsure of his identity. He is African-American. His adoptive parents are white. The Backmans were an idealistic, working-class couple who chose to live in a racially mixed neighborhood in Portland so that Michael and his Black adopted sister might feel more comfortable. When Michael was nine, his parents sent his little sister back to the foster care system and explained to him that she had emotional problems requiring an expert's care. A young Michael feared that he might be sent back too, at school, he says he always felt, quote, uncomfortable around black kids, but didn't really know why, unquote. Other kids would ask him, where are your parents? And growing weary of explaining his real situation, he lied and told them his true mother was Diana Ross, and a lot of them believed him. Sensing Michael's alienation, his parents tried to help by sending him to a high school for the performing arts. You know, what with his mom being Diana Ross and all. <laughs> but Michael failed to fit in with the other black students. Quote, I didn't talk the same way. I didn't dress the same way. I didn't have the same interests. I was a laughingstock, unquote. He transferred to Grant High, a well-regarded public school, which is where he found his niche, performing with the Royal Blues, a select school singing group. But his academic performance was indifferent. After graduation and a stint in the army, Backman found his vocation, stealing cars. He learned that with a confident manner, forged papers, and a few hundred dollars for the down payment, he could drive a brand new car off the lot. He delivered them to stolen car rings in the Pacific Northwest in Canada. He was repeatedly caught, arrested. His parents actually turned him in the first time, and he was sent to jail. Michael never stopped dreaming of going to college, though. In 1994, he decided to apply to the U.S. Military Academy. Using a phony high school transcript and a bogus basketball record, he persuaded Congressman Carlos Moorhead of California to nominate him as, to be a cadet. 
that January, he spent four days at West Point interviewing and visiting classes. He so impressed the Army that he won admission and a certificate signed by President Clinton. That spring, however, he was arrested again and jailed on a bad check charge. Out of jail two years later, Backman tried again, this time at Lewis and Clark College in Oregon. Arriving at the admissions office in a stretch limousine in November of 1995, classy, he conned the admissions director, Mike Sexton, into believing he was a Dante D'Angelo Ross, this time Diana's nephew. He was 11th in his class and the co-captain of the Beverly Hills basketball team, so he said. But when Lewis and Clark checked... Beverly Hills High had never heard of a Dante D'Angelo Ross. And in February, Backman was arrested and later convicted on six more counts of check fraud. Well, he does have a career going in one, one area, that's for sure. Fresh from California State Prison, uh, Backman was wandering the hallways of Grant High in Portland in September of ni- 1999 after dropping off a student as a favor to a friend when a teacher accosted him. Don't you have class right now? The teacher demanded. Why not? He thought. It didn't take him long to fake a transcript and with a 3.94 GPA, again from Beverly Hills High, forging the school's seal, which was only $100 at Kinko's to do, by the way. For his birth date, he chose, with a wink, April 1st, 1981. I get it. Get it? (laughs) April Fish. April Fish Day (laughs) or April Fools to us Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, At first, Michael said he was terrified. Yeah, I would imagine he would be terrified. Every time he went down the hallway, he was scared someone would see him and say, aren't you? But no one did. Instead, he shone. Getting A's in every subject except advanced Spanish because he had never taken a Spanish course before. Some kids said, are you sure he's 17? His choir teacher, Dory Jarbo, recalled, they just thought he was too good to be true. Michael even gave Dory a signed photo of Diana Ross inscribed to Dory and the acapella choir. Thank you so much for, for being part of Deandra's life. Oh my God. Michael fit in well. For the Christmas concert that year, he was chosen to sing O Holy Night. Two days later, Portland police acted on an anonymous tip. The caller said that D'Angelo was an imposter. Confronted with cops holding his 1986 yearbook picture, Oh, damn. Backman was led away (laughs) from the school in handcuffs. In January 1999, Backman pleaded guilty to forgery and theft in connection with the fraudulent purchase of a Ford Mustang. Backman expressed regret about his life of crime, saying, It's been a huge waste. I couldn't find any information about where Michael is today, but he would be about 53 years old now. So my guess is he's probably a senior in some high school somewhere. (laughs) No, no, no. That's silly. Senior in college. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. But holy shit, he went back to his own high school. And I'm sorry, but there at least at our high school, we had a small high school. But we have teachers there that I think would see us and be like, wait a minute. You look a lot like Sharon, 
or Mindy. You know, like, whatever. I wouldn't go back to our high school if you paid me. Well, there's that, too. I would pick a different high school. I wouldn't be like, oh, my happy days were at this high school. I'm going to go. No. but I mean, I'm very glad for him that... He had such a memorable high school experience. My high school experience was an absolute nightmare. So I would never want to go back to any high school ever. Um, This is true. But I feel bad for him. Honestly, he seems extremely intelligent and charismatic. And I think with better guidance and some therapy, maybe he could have been an amazing actor or something like that. Because obviously he loves the arts and he's good at playing other people. I, my high school experience wasn't like horribly traumatic, but I, yeah, I wouldn't go back to our high school specifically. Um, but I do feel kind of bad for him because a lot of people do say that they feel like they peaked in high school or college or whatever. And like that feeling right now, just thinking about it makes me very sad. So I do feel really bad for him. And yeah, just the wasted potential of both the guys that we just have talked about. Yeah. is sad to me, but also mind-blowing that you would think that at that age you could go back to (laughs) I'm gonna go back to high school and relive my glory days even though I'm in my 30s and no one's gonna notice like how is that (laughs) now I'm just now I'm just editorializing (laughs) I don't know we're gonna um switch gears just a little bit um this next story does not take place in a high school uh this story comes from the Huff Post and also the Daily Mail And it is by far the weirdest and also most tragic of the stories we are going to talk about today. Oh, boy. And Sharon didn't have me read any of her stories, so I'm kind of (laughs) scared. Here we go. Does your mom drive you crazy? Sometimes. (laughs) Yes, I, I think that's a requirement to be a mother. You have to drive your kids crazy. Do you ever wish you had a better relationship with your mom? After hearing this story, you may appreciate your own mom a lot more. Back in 2006, from the outside, it appeared that Mary Shiler was the perfect mother. She loved and spoiled her breathtakingly beautiful teenage daughter, Jessie. They were not only mother and daughter, but also friends. The two were inseparable, getting their nails done together and shopping for the prom together for not just one, but two prom dresses. The Uh. family budget was tight, but Jessie was going to two proms, her own and her boyfriend's, and Mary wanted only the best for her little girl. Which makes the story you are about to hear about this mother even more batshit crazy. Okay, really quick. There's a show that's on, I think, TLC, and it's if you have Discovery Plus, it's on there, but it's called Smothered, and it's about people who, like, have almost like disgustingly gross relationships with their mother as adults is this where we're going because now I'm kind of scared no this already sounds like this could be an episode of that show and I've never watched that show this is based on the commercials alone that show sounds horrible yeah I don't know if I would want to watch that the most recent was... previews gross like literally I won't even get into it oh okay yeah no this is kind of the exact opposite of that okay well I don't know if opposite's a good word but um You'll see. Okay, okay. Behind the perfect mother facade, it turns out that Mary, who was middle-aged, overweight, and tragically bored, had created a new life for herself online. One where she was Jessie. One where she used her own daughter's pictures, videos, and even underwear to lure men into a sex-charged internet web of lies. 
Is this where you thought it was going, Mindy? There actually <laughs> is a show that I love because I'm such a weird Discovery Plus junkie called Web of Lies that there was something similar to this, but I don't think it's going in the direction that this is going. This might have been made into an episode of a like one of those true crime shows. Or... I just think it's funny that you used the phrase Web of Lies, and that is the name of, like, I freaking love that show. But anyway. Well, to be fair, I think HuffPost used that. And... <laughs> oh, okay. Well, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this story is what I imagine Kris Jenner doing if her and her daughters were not <laughs> bazillionaires and they were just lower middle class suburbanites. Okay, now so. I am scared. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so Mary pretended to be 18 years old and using Jesse's swimsuit photos along with the screen name Tall Hot Blonde, Ew. she was able to bait and attract men. Mary was thrilled with all the attention, of course, and she took more photos of her daughter while Jesse wasn't looking, candids of her lifeguarding at the pool, getting into her car, showing an unintended flash of skin. Mary even sent her online companions sexy red silk G-strings and love notes. I just threw up a little in my mouth. <laughs> Sorry. But one of the men this faux internet honeybee attracted was more interested than most. Thomas Montgomery was in a sexless marriage and a dead-end job when Tall Hot Blonde texted him that she was a virgin of course. and asked how old he was. This was when he began a fantasy of his own. After all, he never intended to actually meet the girl, so what harm would there be in pretending he was a young Marine Sniper. Yes, that was his screen name, Marine Sniper. Hmm. Montgomery sent Jesse a picture of himself as Marine Sniper, and it was, in fact, a picture of himself as a young Marine, but it was taking 30 years prior. So your typical online dating situation. Got it. Yep. Just total catfishing. No one is who they say they are. For almost a year, Marine Sniper and Tall Hot Blonde carried on a steamy love affair. Online messages recovered between the lying pair revealed that the relationship had become dangerously obsessive for Montgomery, who said it, quote, became more real to me than real life, end quote. Then, one night, Marine Sniper's real wife, Cindy Montgomery, discovered her husband's secret stash of photos and panties and was justifiably furious. <laughs> but this good mom felt sorry for Tall Hot Blonde and wrote her a letter exposing Montgomery's true identity. Cindy wrote, Do not trust words on a computer. Let this go. You will only be hurt by a man who has mastered the art of manipulations and lies. Sincerely, Cindy Montgomery. Damn. Now, imagine Mary's surprise when she found out that she wasn't the only one who was totally full of shit. <laughs> Many people would have thought that maybe this would be a great time for the fantasy to end. But Mary couldn't let it go and decided to double down on her wackadoodle behavior. She would extract revenge by starting up another steamy online affair this time with one of Thomas Montgomery's co-workers, Brian Barrett. Brian was a handsome 22-year-old. Also, he was the only one in this sordid tale who was actually telling the truth. <laughs> she flirted online with Barrett, who called himself Beefcake. Nice. <laughs> on open forums for Montgomery to see. Beefcake! I was just <laughs> going to say that. 
<laughs> Zach Cartman. Yeah. Yep. With both men believing that she was the gorgeous young thing in her profile pictures, the pair engaged in a furious rivalry. Brian will pay in blood, wrote Montgomery at one point to Jesse. As the messages he sent to Jesse became increasingly unhinged, Montgomery was embarrassed online by Barrett and Tall Hot Blonde as they posted his real age and picture onto the forums, making him out to be a pedophile. Burn. I know, right? Not the best idea because a slow burn began building up inside of Montgomery that ended up escalating to full-fledged, uncontrollable rage when he overheard Brian telling coworkers that Tall Hot Blonde had chosen him, meaning Brian, to, quote, pop her cherry. Uh, eventually <laughs> yeah um eventually barrett decided to visit jesse even though shyler had warned him not to montgomery found out about this and became incensed and on september 15th 2006 he drove to meet barrett as he left the place where the two men worked together and shot him three times with a sniper rifle killing him all because of a fantasy girl no one had ever met in person. Whoa. As the police responded to the murder, they quickly uncovered the internet love triangle, and when they couldn't find Montgomery, they rushed to Jesse. However, when police arrived at her door, they were presented with 45-year-old Mary Shiler, telling her what had happened and how they desperately needed to speak to Jesse. Shyler broke down in a wail of tears and confessed the whole elaborate deception of Montgomery and Barrett. Upon questioning her, they discovered that Jessie was in fact her daughter and the pictures and underwear she had been sending belonged to her 18-year-old. I thought for sure you were going to say that like the cops found the real Jessie like at her lifeguarding job and like pulled her down from the lifeguarding post and were like, we need to talk to you. And she'd be like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, what are you talking about? Oh my Inter- god. Internet what? Um it was later discovered that Shyler had flirted online as Jesse with other men too, and once even pointed a video camera up her unaware daughter's skirt for <gasps> a video that she sent to several men with the question, Guys, do you like it? Oh my god. I know. That's so sickening on like so many levels. Yeah, that is shocking oh it gets even more shocking i mean yeah (laughs) just wait um mary shyler would later explain her actions by saying she was quote just having fun playing online games end quote so this story ends with one man dead one in prison and one mother who is never charged with a crime what why you may ask i do ask Because prosecutors in New York desperately searched for a reason to charge Mary Shiler, but ultimately could find no law she had broken. And in her defense, she claimed that she was keeping Montgomery online so that he couldn't talk to other teenagers. Yeah, right. Jesse had no knowledge of her mother's cyber life. And only found out about it after doing a random Google search of her mother's name. Oh. Can you imagine coming yeah. across this on the internet just like haphazardly? Googling your mom and being like, is that my crotch? 
<laughs> um, yeah. Maybe don't go Google your parents' names if you can't handle the truth. Um, <laughs> or if, or if they, you, I should say, maybe don't Google your parents' names if you don't want to find out something about them that you'll never be able to forget. Or, like that they've been using pictures of you to lure people in and catfish them on the internet because that's fucked up. Yeah. Sometimes it's best to keep your parents at an arm's length in certain areas uh, right for sure just have a superficial relationship with them and don't really know you don't want to know about their secret life um and shyler has never apologized to her own daughter if you can believe it actually can because she seems like the worst well i think um, that she in her mind she did nothing wrong probably she was yeah, just having she, fun she seems extremely delusional. Not surprisingly, Mary's husband divorced her and Jesse cut off all contact with her mother, which I do not blame her at all. Would not want to have anything to do with one of my parents if they did something like that to me. Mary apparently expressed no remorse at all and said to her daughter during the proceedings, quote, why don't you just get over this? End quote. Yeah, that sounds about right. But, like, I'd be kind of pissed if I found out that my mom was, you know, taking a, a camera and sticking it up my skirt and putting pictures of that on the internet. I don't know. I'd have a hard time getting over it. I just think so, it's crazy that there's, like, no law that she broke. I mean, I wonder, this was in 2006. I'm guessing now some law has been developed since then. Well, because that- she did theoretically instigate violence that caused someone to die. So I feel like that should be something like people have been charged for shit like that or s- stuff like that before. Right. Like, I, I, I don't know. That's messed know. up. That's messed up is what it is. But yeah, I'm glad that Jesse, the real Jesse is no longer in touch with her mother. <laughs> I mean, maybe even like invasion of privacy, like taking videos up someone's skirt without them knowing, uh, you know, uh, is, is there any sort of law against, pretending to be someone like an actual person and using their likeness and their name to to trick people I don't know there yeah there is actually because of web of lies the tv show there was an episode where somebody literally found a random girl on facebook and like recreated her profile with a different name and was catfishing guys and the actual girl was like at a bar with her friends and a bunch of guys like came up and started harassing her and being like you were messaging me blah 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 you never wrote back you're a bitch and she was like I don't even know what you're talking about because she had no idea and like that person got in trouble I would but maybe only if the if Jesse pressed charges they would they would do something to Mary I don't know Jesse it seems like Jesse would press charges against her mother in this situation. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I think unless she were to do that, really, there really isn't anything that. But they I'm can saying get I think for. she would do that. Oh, like oh. so I don't think I don't think they're. I don't know. Maybe it's depends on what state you live in. Yeah, I don't but know. But I, I'm guessing if this happened today, they probably would have been able to charge her with something. Because I think they're. There must have been laws created since then. Um, just, you know, with the way the internet has become nowadays with like cyber stalking and cyber bullying and uh, 
impersonating people like you said I mean there there had to have been like some laws created to help protect things like this from happening in the future all I know is that my mom stays away from any sort of like you know online dating-esque anything um and well I would she, hope so she's happily married to your father <laughs> well but she also would know better than to use my pictures online if she were to catfish somebody so at least there's that my mom's got that going for her (laughs) and Uh, yeah she's happily married and uh is not really interested in bringing anybody else into the house but i'm just saying i was trying to be funny and it didn't work never mind all right we have one story left mindy this comes from the new york daily news and you interview uh let's end this episode on a bit of a lighter note shall we So, are any of you obsessed with social media and wondering, how can I get more followers? Sharon, are you? Um, maybe, but definitely not this desperate. (laughs) (laughs) Because, well, here is the story of what not to do. On May 10th of this year, 2021, a 29-year-old Florida woman sauntered into American Senior High School, yes, That is the actual name of the high school. Um, I would make a joke, but I I kind of, I feel like the name speaks for itself. Is that Um, the high school where the American Doll Girls went to high school? Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what, yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. That is like the most generic sounding high school name I've ever heard. American High School. (laughs) It sounds like the name of the high school that some foreign person would put in like their movie or something like. And it's only for seniors. Only for seniors. Yeah, that's the other confusing part of the name. <laughs> it's only for seniors. American Senior High School. So you like go. It, it's weird in Florida. They have a lot of high schools. So it's like American Freshman High School, American <laughs> Sophomore. So this is when you get to be a senior. Okay. I don't know. I'm making all that up. But in any case, uh, on May 10th, a 29-year-old Florida woman walked into the American Senior High School, just to be clear, carrying a backpack, a skateboard, and also had a painting with her, all of which were meant to help her blend in so she could hand out flyers with her Instagram handle. And I swear to God, that is what Steve Buscemi looked like in that clip on 30 Rock when he pretended to be a high schooler. He literally had a skateboard and like a hat on backwards and was like hello youths like it was just funny <laughs> but That's wait where was his painting because you know all teenagers oh, walk around right. with a painting no I don't think he had a painting that's a weird touch I don't think I ever carried a painting with me in all four years of high school yeah and like our friend Lauren who literally is an artist now was an art student in high school I don't think I ever saw her carry art supplies let alone a painting around so <laughs> whatever but, but we're gonna go with it we're gonna go with it uh, so when confronted by security, Audrey Nicole Francis Queenie claimed that she was a student looking for the registration office. But instead of going to the registration office, Francis Queenie allegedly continued wandering the halls with her flyers. When security notified the administration about a, quote, potential threat on campus, unquote, Francis Queenie fled. The threat was that her painting was terrible. Sorry, But her brilliant promotional instincts proved to be her downfall as police were easily able to track her from her Instagram handle that she'd been bragging about to all of the, quote, real teenagers. (laughs) When interviewed about the ordeal, one student said, 
she was like, I think, recording some stuff in there, like some crazy stuff. And she said, like, the devil's mask and everything. It was crazy. It was very creepy. That was that was a quote, direct quote from one of the students. Uh, thank you, Ted Theodore Logan, for your eyewitness account. <laughs> Obviously, American school is pumping out some American geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> This is all snark, by the way. Uh, Frances Sweeney <laughs> was arrested that night at her North Miami Beach home and charged with felony trespassing, misdemeanor, interfering with a school, and resisting arrest without violence. Her last Instagram post before her arrest said, quote, I legit have I don't know how many cops outside my house right now. I'm not going outside at all. Unquote. <laughs> Maybe don't put that on social media. Just a thought. Because they already can see your account. Uh, Francis Quinney. They're re- all sitting outside, like, like going through her Insta stories, like, oh, she's not coming out, guys. They all is in, like, unison get a bleep notification because she just updated. Oh, she just posted. What'd she say? She's not leaving the house. Oh, fuck. We gotta go get her. Uh, Officer, <laughs> Officer O'Conley just liked my post. <laughs> he gets it. He gets me. He gets me. <laughs> I feel seen. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, though, Francis Queenie reportedly offered to show the video on her phone to officers once in custody. She faces charges of burglary, interfering at an educational institution, and resisting an officer without violence. Her bail was set at $2,000. That's nothing. Um, yeah, to answer your <laughs> original question, Mindy, Yeah. Uh, am I wondering how to get more followers? <laughs> no. No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. If you want to follow us, follow us. If not, I'm cool. I'm not going to infiltrate a high school or a, a grade school or any other school. I want to see what the painting was of, though. That's the part <laughs> that has me, like, I'm dying to know what that painting was of. It was a painting of a skateboard and a backpack. That's so funny. And what else did she have? Yeah, you know. A painting that, of the painting. A pa- <laughs> it was pa- a painting of things that teenagers like, like skateboards. Hello, fellow youths. What are we all into today? (laughs) I think we need to find that um, Steve Buscemi clip and maybe post it on our Instagram stories. I think we should. Oh, all right. Well, you know, people do some crazy ass shit for some crazy ass reason. (laughs) I was going to say, well, that was a bunch of strange. That was awesome. (laughs) That was just a bunch of strange, random stories of adults doing crazy ass shit i still think it's funny that carrie in high school looked at some dude and was like all right that's not a teenager (laughs) that's not a teenager there's no way yeah um i still i still want to know that guy's real story um so if you know that story um or you have any other similar stories you can always write to us at Horse talk whore at gmail.com. Um, share with us anything you would like. If you have infiltrated a high school, if you personally have <laughs> ever infiltrated a high school, pretended to be a teenager or a child uh, when you were clearly not, um, if you, you know, your 
mother ever pretended to be you and catfished people online using your identity. We want to know about it. Ew. And also, thank you all for listening to us. I forgot to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you are Steve Buscemi, we would just love to talk to you anyway, so please do contact us. You can also send us any ghost stories, true crime stories, creepy stories, whatever you want us to read on our show, any recommendations of things to watch, anything you want to talk with us about. Uh, Please do subscribe to us, rate and review us. It does truly help us get more exposure on the various streaming platforms that are out there. If you are able to, uh, please do join our Patreon because you will then be able to get early access to episodes, see exclusive posts, and maybe even get some cool shit sent to you in the actual snail mail. Um, Please be kind to each other. Uh, Be safe. Go easy on the whole catfishing shit out there on the internet. Obviously, it doesn't work out, as we've just explained to you all. It never works. Uh, Be safe out there. And as always, thanks Thanks for for getting getting creepy with us. Sharon, you want a beer? Uh, Oh, my God.